Welcome to the Insight Podcast. Joining me today is Ben Bidwell. Ben is a human potential coach, breathwork practitioner, and public speaker who's passionate about mental health and healthy masculinity. I talk to Ben about what it means to be a good man, whether it's hard being a man in 2023, online dating, Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate, how we can do the work to grow into the man we want to be and support the men around us, and much, much more. Enjoy the episode. Ben Bidwell, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. First question, what does being a good man mean to you? Oh, wow. There we go. Straight in, aren't we? Um, <laughs> gosh, what is it? I know, and I know, by the way, we had an exchange. You said, I, I would like to share the questions. And I said, I'd rather just answer them. Um, now I'm You're sitting thinking, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I'm sitting here thinking, I really should have given this some thought. Such a big, big question, isn't it? Um, what is a good man to me? Uh, you know, I, I, I want to answer authentically. I don't know if it's, it's the way I'd always answer, but right now I'd say it's, it's just a man who's um, aware and able to step into all of who he is. Um, I always come back to the archetypes in these kind of conversations. Uh, uh, Carl Jung had the principle that we are within every man are four principal arch- archetypes, so four types of being, if you like. He says there's a warrior, a lover, a magician, and a king. Um, and the warrior is the part of us that gets stuff done, focused, determined, knows what he wants, and he goes after it fearlessly. Mm-hmm. The lover is the more sensual part, the part that feels and expresses and goes through life with, with aware of his senses and uh, the appreciation and gratitude for his experiences. And the magician is the part that, that, that is, um, can see the possibility of educating himself and growing and the creativity and um, the, the, like the inner magic, if you like, that's within him, the possibility to become more. Um, and Carl Jung's principle was that it's only once we learn to embody all of those three parts that we become our king. Um, mm. And the king is the, 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 all of who we are as a man, that's emotional maturity, and the part of us that can tap into each one of those archetypes as and when we need them. And um, you know, I see what I see in men, um, in, in particularly the Western world, is this sort of fixation on the warrior, all about doing and getting stuff done and being strong and tough and all that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with with that in many ways for me. It's 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 healthy in many ways if it's channeled in the right directions, if it's channeled towards what we really want, not mm. the fickle stuff that kind of lures us. There's nothing wrong with that warrior, but it is only part of us and then a lot of us miss out on on the the lover and the magician and that's what stops us being let's say for this conversation a, you know a, a good or a complete man because there is more to us than just the singular aspect of a warrior getting stuff done sorry that yeah yeah it's been complete yeah what was the magician again? Remind me, what did you say for the magician? The magician is the part of us that knows that there's 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 more. Like we can educate ourselves more, we can grow right. more. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Magic around us that you know that we can feel into and explore and learn about and grow. Yeah, creativity, self-expression. Okay, dancing. Interesting. 
you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, it's not one of my fortes at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll give it a crack, you know? And that's something yeah. I learned. For example, I was like, I'm not a dancer. And it's like, no, I am a dancer. I might not be a good dancer, but if I'm alone and music comes on, I like to dance. And there's no judgment. So I am. It's just the judgment that I'm scared of. And that's just hiding a part of me. Yeah. Interesting. Because I, I know what you're saying about the, the expectation about being a warrior, getting things done and perhaps getting in the gym, being strong, all those things. But then at the same time, are we seeing a pushback against that? And, and do you think maybe men are feeling like they have to repress the warrior? Do you, do you know what I mean? Has, has the pendulum swung back that right way round, and actually there's more of expectation, you know, perhaps rightly so, for us to be more in tune with our emotions and um, be more sensitive and sensual, but that, that means that we have to repress when actually it, it's all part of it, isn't it? It's all part of being a man, but I wonder whether that's, that's what has caused some, again, pushback against that, that you know, men are feeling like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to um, feel bad about the fact that I want to look strong and maybe look like you know, I can be assertive and things like that. Do, do you see what I'm getting, what, getting at? What, what, what are your thoughts? Completely, and I, I so mm. hear you, and it's one of the big conflicts I think that's going on in this world. Is mm. So many men are, are a little lost in terms of, well, you know, on one hand, I'm meant to be more emotional, I'm meant to be more sharing, expressing more this vulnerability that I'm being asked mm. to step into. Uh, on the other hand, people are saying we need more real men, we need leaders, men who are actually stepping forward and leading. And um, it's like, well, how, how do I do that? You know, it's what, what, and then we end up going, well, I don't know what you're asking, so I'm just going to be me, and yeah. or what we think is me. And uh, I, I, I totally hear you. Um, for me, I think we've got lost in terms of what leadership, real leadership is, um, what a we real warrior is. To, to really sort of condense that, you know, a warrior is about protection, not dominance. Mm. And I think we see a lot of men who are, who are greedy and looking, looking to dominate at the expense of others when real leadership is about empowering, helping people to be better, right? And um, so I think we've got, we talk about the warrior, but I think we've got lost in what a healthy warrior is. And there's absolutely space. We need healthy warriors in this world. We need people who know their purpose, who know what they're really about. And for me, it's like, I always come to here, but people who really know what's, what, what the truth is inside of their heart rather than like the lures and temptations of what they think they want, but they're never really nourishing them as a man. Yeah. And I think that's where we get lost. We, we're like, I think I want this and I'm going to go after this and I need to beat them and I'm going to compete with them and I'm sort of like to get after, I need to, to, to have all that stuff. And it's like, mm, like that's we're just going a little bit off track there that's not yeah. healthy leadership it's uh it's greed and dominance yeah whereas healthy leadership is i suppose compassionate isn't it and has a vision and is aware of everyone in the, in that that they are leading aren't they yeah i, I would argue that a healthy leader's got to be sensitive because he's got mm. to be able to look around the room and he's got to be able to feel into what's needed to lead it's not like this is my way. This is what we're doing. I'm telling you all what we need. And they're sitting there going, well, that doesn't feel right to me. I don't really want to follow that path. It might be true for you, but so collectively being able to feel into the room requires an element of sensitivity, the lover inside of us, if you like, to really yeah. lead well. And I think there's a lot of people who are, who are not necessarily tapped into that part of them, not to blame them. You know, society doesn't teach us as a, to, mm. to, as a man to be a lover. And, um, that hinders the, the the way that we lead because we become like a you know a bull that's like just this is the way and I'm going to go that way without at all costs and whatever you think you got to follow me and that's true strong leadership and for me it's just a lack of awareness right right and then going back to what you were saying before that reminds me of a 
a proverb that it's something along the lines of it's better to be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a, a war. Have you heard that one before? Something about kind of <laughs> no. Okay, fair enough. No, just, I want to hear it though. It sounds good. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much it. To be honest, I can't remember which country it's from or anything like that. But um, I, I, it just made me think of that kind of that that being strong, but being able to kind of control it at the same time. I don't know if that this plays into it as well. The the role of discipline, the role of self-control, and the fact that maybe being a man is about you know having the potential to be um assertive and strong and con- confident and and lead well and all these other things, but at the same time you are very much aware of when it needs to be done and when you need to take a step back having that self-control just seems to be so important. Again, what do you think? Completely. That, that, that's, that's it. You know, it's, but I, I, will, I will kind of expand slightly not to be nitpicking on your, on your language. But mm. I say like, yeah, we absolutely all have the, la- the potential. <clears throat> it's not just about having the potential. It's really embodying that, you know, and, and to know that we can all embody that every one of us, and this is men and women, by the way, because yeah. women will have that masculine energy in them too. And women need to lead at times too. Um, and so, yeah, it's just about really embodying that and to know that we can all lead, not necessarily in the same way, but we are, we all have a leader within us. Mm. And, um, yeah, yeah, complete. What's the, can you say the quote again to me? The warrior in the garden? Yeah. I'm worried I'm getting it wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's better, better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Something along those lines. Okay, I can't quite get my head around that in this moment. What, how do you how do you interpret that? What do you take from it? I think it means you know it's better to have built yourself up to to be strong, maybe to have you know physically and mentally to be able to deal with with things. But at the same time, you're you are you know your environment can still be calm and beautiful and everything like that. Then to and you, you know, it might be completely unrelated. I might just be talking absolute nonsense, but um, better that than being in a war and in tough, tough situations. But you haven't trained yourself because you've maybe thought, um, "No, th- this is toxic. This is toxic masculinity." So I shouldn't be in the gym, and I, I, and I shouldn't be, um, I don't know, training other aspects of myself, my discipline and my motivation, whatever it is. Um, and so then you're not equipped to deal with the war, with the, you know, the challenging situations with family or at work, relationships, whatever it is. Does that make more sense? And I might completely be butchering it. <laughs> no, I hear you. I totally hear you. And I, what, what I'm hearing when you're saying all that is, is just the foundations of, you know, healthy leadership means, means setting boundaries. Right. You know, and, and um, perhaps that's the, 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 the sort of suggestion is, you know, a gardener has, who has no boundaries will end up, you know, lost in, in, in battle because he's never created any kind of protection around himself for his family or whatever else mm. whereas the, the 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 warrior can with the foundations the protection of his, ba- his boundaries where he's made it clear what's okay and what's not can can rest in his garden because he's created that protection you know and and if we don't that that's exactly where we need the healthy warriors without the healthy warriors and a complete lack of boundaries we're in this you know state of complete disarray you know chaos reigns and i think this is the beautiful part of a healthy masculine man who can with an assertive clarity can create boundaries for the greater good but around protection rather than dominance mm. and i think that's that is what we, we are missing I, I always come back in these kind of conversations to 
um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So at the bottom of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where he talks about this pyramid of, kind of the human journey, if you like, at the very bottom are two like fundamental pillars, and one is our physiological needs, the need for air and water, and um, uh, and then this and other basic physiological needs. I can't think what else they are right now, but air and water, I think they're fundamentals. Mm. And then the second one being safety, a sense of safety, and in our world that would be having a roof over your head having a sense of 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 safety in your streets in your environment and perhaps a community around you that mean you know you're not totally alone and you've got no services beyond what you can create um and it's like it's only from there from those fundamental pillars that the rest of our life can can evolve and we can step into self actualization and without healthy masculinity and we wipe out the, the safety we wipe out the the boundaries that we have in society then it's 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 chaos we can't we're constantly focusing on just trying to stay safe just just trying to protect ourselves and so i i i I feel that's where when people are calling out for this greater need for for healthy masculine leadership is to provide greater safety for this world so that there can be more flow there can be more trust um, there can be more relaxation and that's where we need men, I think, to create that, those foundations. Have you read Scott Barry Kaufman's book? It's called self actualization So many of my words. So I learned from that that apparently Maslow didn't, he never said anything about that pyramid, that that was someone's interpretation of it. And actually, his, um, towards the end of his life, his uh, kind of, not diagram, but kind of imagery around it was was more of a sailboat, uh, and each uh, each has its kind of part. You know, the boat and the sail and other parts. And, I, and I'm completely f- forgetting it, but I think you'd be really interested in that book because you know, a, as a teacher, I learned about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and learned about that pyramid. But apparently, Maslow never said it should be a pyramid. He had this other um, way of presenting it. So check out that book. Uh, and he's really he's really good on social media as well, the, the author of it. The book's fantastic and he's fantastic. You, you should check him out. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. No that sounds great. I'm aware that people talked about the sort of the, the limitations of Maslow's pyramid, but I, I, I wasn't aware that he hadn't really even sort of constructed it in that way. So Apparently so. Yeah. Apparently so. Amazing. Thank you. So do you think it's it's tough to be a man then in 2023? Do you think it's hard for us? You know, you know, like obviously the stereotypical answer would be, um, you know, according to what what we see in, in society, so, so many women would be disappointed for me to say, yes, it is tough because of the opportunities and the privilege of 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 being a man, and there'll be a lot of women going try being a woman. Yeah, you know, and and I really get that, and and I know that you wanted to talk about Jordan Peterson at, at some point, and and I know he is really strong on this, in my opinion, and highly controversial, but in my opinion, yeah. when he really speaks of the the troubles that exist within men, of which there are many, and and my perception of of being a man is that perhaps in this world it it, it looks shinier than it is, um, mm. it looks, you know, we've 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 got a lot of the boxes ticked we've got a lot of the 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 high-paying jobs we've got a lot of power and we've got a lot of authority and we've we're less at at, well actually i don't even know if we are at less at at threat on the streets um i think we're perhaps more at threat on the streets but it's men who are causing Mm -hmm. that threat right Mm -hmm. so i i can see men get paid more and and and, uh, you know we don't have to go through many of the trials and tribulations that women have so i can very much see that picture however there is also the very alternative story where, where you look at Obviously, uh, 
from right from the off, you see that there are more male suicides. You see that there are more, uh, way more men homeless. There are way more men in, in prison. There are way more men, male addicts of various destructive forms. Um, there are endless kind of narratives that show actually when you look at, uh, underneath that, there's a lot of men in a lot of pain. And I really, I, I believe that men are in pain. Mm-hmm. And and I believe it's the, the pain that men are in that are the cause of so much destruction because men are causing a lot of destruction too. So I guess piecing all that together, I'd say, yeah, it's 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 tough to be a man. We're deprived of being human in many ways, and where there's a lot of expectation placed on us to achieve and to do, which are important, but often they come at the expense of, of being human. And we feel that on the inside. When we're not living to our human values, it hurts. Mm. and from our pain we cause pain to others we cause destruction yeah so yeah i would say there's a lot of privileges in being a man but also fundamentally there's a lot of pain within men yeah and i completely agree and perhaps i should have put more context in that in that question which it's always tricky to do isn't it to kind of think of every other angle to make sure that you are not offending anyone and and of course when i ask that question i don't I don't mean in any way to um, s- suppress the, the the difficulties of women or, or, or any anyone else, whether this is race, gender, disability, anything. It, it's tricky, isn't it? Because just because we're talking about one topic and, and the difficulties of men and how we can help men, of course, it doesn't mean that I'd suggest that you know we have it worse than women. We, we can solve both at the same time, can't I? And actually, that's a point that um, have you come across Richard Reeves? Does that name? Ring a bell? Do you yes. Know he is? Is he, is he, has he recently written a book on... on yes. On, yes. I've heard exactly. Of, I've heard of, yeah. Which is arriving today. I've, I've ordered that book in my Amazon delivery. Sorry if people are against Amazon, but um, I've ordered that book today, which I think is called Of Boys and Men. And he's got a brilliant TED Talk, which was released um, a week or two ago, talking about... Um, how boys are struggling in school and in college. And and he made the point that, uh, of course, this doesn't mean that women and, and girls aren't going through things as well. It's not an either or, like we, we can... Um, we can address both at the same time. So back to my question, um, which I think you answered uh, beautifully about why it is tough for men and, and, and the different stats that we see around suicide and, and mental health and all that thing. And that's what I'm getting at, that I think it is so tough to be a man because I think expectations, like you said, I think having to maybe, as I mentioned before, repress certain sides of ourselves, which means that maybe we're not living um, in line with our values and, and who we truly truly want to be. And I think that then that can explode, can't it? It can build up and build up and build up and then explode because people are not, men are not living the way they want to perhaps. And, and Professor, is it Scott Galloway? Yeah. Again, I don't know if I keep, you know him as well. Yeah, yeah. He talks about the most dangerous person in the world being a, a lonely white man, something like that. You know, that's, that's the person that is the one that is perhaps going to be drawn towards crime or, you know, extremist views and things like that. And there are a lot of lonely men out there, aren't they, that are, that are really struggling. And, and that was the point to my question, which you, you, you answered so well. I, I so hear you, and I think there are so many lonely men. Mm. I, I, what, what I would say is my perception of, of kind of the world we live in now is that you know this world can 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 offer like so many beautiful gifts with the opportunity to travel, and you know there are so many amazing things. I was very fortunate to be at 
Soho House Festival yesterday. You know, but there was a part of me that was looking around. It was this amazing festival, this beautiful sunny afternoon, all these beautiful musicians, amazing food and drink, everything. It was like this beautiful, and I couldn't help but feel sort of gluttonous, if I'm honest with you. Um, this, this amazing privilege of, of and, and kind of being living this bubble and, and kind of thinking, this is it. This is feeling alive. This is, and this is what I deserve. And this is how I want to live. And it, it, it doesn't feel scalable. It doesn't feel to me mm-hmm. like it's, it's available beyond the privilege that I was seeing in that moment. doesn't mean I didn't want to celebrate my fortune and, and be able to, you know, actually experience that, that moment. But what I'm getting to with this is that this world can provide so many of these beautiful things, but it's not f- f- for lots of people. And there are, me- there are some men that I can see that perhaps are really empty on the inside, but there's enough um, ability to buy happiness on mm. continual, go to the festival, go to the party, go to the holiday, go to this, go to that, another person, another experience, another thing, da 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 and they're constantly just filling themselves, filling themselves, filling themselves, that they can get by in this world without too much. Um, they can still have a good time. They can present this mm. amazing life. And, that, and, and I can see that, but one, that's not available to, to a large majority because you've got to have a lot of wealth, you've got to have a lot of privilege to, to, to live that life. But two, however shiny that stuff is, however beautiful in theory that life can, can look and be presented, I see so much emptiness underneath it. And, and really, like now the work that I do when I'm at those places, so often I'm having these private conversations with men sort of saying, like, I love what you do secretly. That I never see them supporting and they're like, yeah, I'm really wondering about my life. And I know this is great. And, and you know, but there's no substance underneath. And I feel that in them. And, and I have real um, sympathy for men. I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't have sympathy, but I have a lot of sympathy because for what the world that I grew up in taught me that that was the dream that I need to be aspiring towards. If I can live that life, then bingo, I've nailed it. And that's the path that I see so many men on, trying to get to that place earn the money, go to the places, do all the things, have this life. Amazing. And they're working their ass off to get there. And then they're getting there thinking, I've sort of uphold my part of the bargain. I've done really well to get here. Is this it? Is this it? But I don't know any better. I don't know anything else. I've just got to try and try and do this. And I have sympathy for that journey. I think it's a really unhealthy path that we're shown yeah. and that a lot of people are buying into and it's never getting them to where they, where they want to get to for no fault of their own. For sure. And this is something that I spoke about with, uh, I spoke to Richard Newman, a previous guest on the podcast about, and he talked about this, the, the distraction. And when we're not kind of, when we're not sure where we're going and we don't have that vision, uh, he, he was like, you can wake up in 20 years time and go, man, how did I get here? This isn't what I really want. And that's why it's so important, isn't it? To, is this the magician side of things? The, you know, being aware of what's out there, um, and being aware how you can grow and, and getting in line with what is, what's your like an innate passion and, and what can you do to help people, all that stuff. But it's, it's so tricky again, and, and not something that's exclusive to men. Of course, that we are in a distracted society. That, yes, we, we, you're talking about the the festivals and the the car and the house and everything, but also just the, the social media and the phone. We're constantly distracted. We we can't have a moment of boredom, can we? Waiting in line at the supermarket, it's right. Get out the phone and distract myself because I can't even be bored for sixty seconds. It's just, it's crazy. Um. I know that what I was thinking to ask you as, as I was talking was 
you, you mentioned that you you were looking around and you could see the privilege and things. And um, I don't know if I was getting a hint that maybe you grew up with kind of some certain expectations of of what you need to achieve. And and was that the um, was that kind of your gateway into men's mental health and the work that you do and things? Was it a, a waking up to to kind of some of the unsatisfaction that you'd experienced growing up and and, and a realization? Um, did that then lead to the work that you do now? Yes, yeah, good question. You, you know, it's so interesting this because in my twenties, I, I towards my late twenties, I definitely knew I was like there's something missing, but. I really just believed that I was a very health, um, healthily ambitious man. I was like, you know, for some people that might be enough, but for me it's not. And I could feel it's not enough. I need, everything's got to be more. I need like more money. I need better parties. I want to go on better holidays. I want hotter women, all of this stuff. <laughs> that, that's my healthy drive as a man. You know, I, that was my real belief. And, um, you know, now when I look back and I talk about my emptiness and stuff, occasionally a sort of a friend might reach out and sort of say, you didn't seem like you were, you know, his emptiness at that point, it all seemed pretty rosy at the time. So, and it's like, it's only now that I've um, got to the place that I'm at without wanting to sound patronizing or whatever else, but that I can see how empty I, I was. But at the time, I really didn't believe there was anything really that wrong with me. Really. The only thing that I believed was, was wrong was, yes, I had to search for more, but as I say, I thought that I was caught up in all those things. But was this this drive to, to have a better sexual experience? Mm-hmm. Um, my story is that I always struggled to orgasm. First time I had sex, that was my experience of sex. And I worked with a hypnotherapist simply to change that. And thank God when I sat there, w- sat there for the first time with her, and I, by the way, I didn't even have an intention to work with a hypnotherapist. She was working with my flatmate who was a professional rugby player to help him get over injuries. And I was like, have well, I got an injury? So she was just there in my life coming to the flat. And I was so right. sort of just, I guess. Oh, by point. the way, I'm, I'm struggling to, uh, <laughs> is that how it went? Yeah, basically. Like, <laughs> bit, of a, bit of an awkward one, this. Um, but trying to find, yeah, share something with you. And she's like, cool. And, I, and she just sort of met me right there. She was just like, you know, no sort of no drama. She wasn't ruffled or sort of didn't think anything of it. She's just like, yeah, of yeah. course, like I could help. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, and I honestly thought at that point she was just going to teach me all these beautiful sex tricks and I was going to become some kind of guru and I was just going to get more lad points and it all fitted into the story. Great. And um, little did I know she was going to open me up to emotions and teach me about vulnerability and you know, authenticity and all this kind of stuff that if she had said, I'd have been like, absolutely not. Not for me. <laughs> I'm not that kind of person. But, you know, I hope, hope it all goes well with someone else. But she didn't. And um, so that was my entry into it. And that's so... Over the last 11 years, my journey's just been to continue to, to feel into ultimately the truth of who I am, which is what I wasn't living at that time. And I didn't know I wasn't living that. It's only when you learn who you really are that you can see that you, you weren't living your truth. Mm. And um, I think from that place, I can look around, again, not to judge anyone, not patronizing, not to make anyone right or wrong, so that we're all on our journey and I was on mine. So how can I tell anyone else that? You know they're wrong or doing it right or wrong, whatever. But I can look back and I can and I, and I can knowing my pain, I can see it in so many others now, mm-hmm. and, and and really without judgment, not not to make them bad or wrong because I was there. But I can I can see it, and uh, there's a lot of it in my opinion. Um, yeah. uh, and I, and lastly, to add to that, just uh, I really I really do have sympathy. For, for men because I know how easily as a man who trod that path 
how easily we can be taken down it. And it wasn't, um, I've always had a good heart. I've always been a kind, sensitive, still courageous, loving, brave man, you know, all the, all the contrasts. But I was told by society to only show certain parts of those traits, only show certain yeah. of those traits. And um, that's what I see in many other men. It's like they've forgotten buried parts of themselves and they've gone all in on this part and therefore they're not feeling complete because they've deprived so much of what makes them human. Yeah. And that hurts. And that's what I see. And this is the conversation around men's mental health that we really want to encourage, isn't it? The, that vulnerability and that opening up um, and being honest with your feelings and not just going, no, no, I'm just going to plough through. Um, because I think there is some balance to be had. There is some, um, you know, there is a role for grit and resilience and like, yeah, I'm going through a shit time and I'm going to plough through. And it doesn't necessarily mean um, you're affected by mental health or you have depression or you have anxiety. You know, I'm speaking very broadly here, of course. Um, but then when, when, it, when things really get tough, you know, it's it's time to open up, isn't it? And it's time to connect. There is such value in being vulnerable with other people. And, and it's something that I've shared a couple of times on social media is I, I feel like it's my responsibility to be vulnerable with other men because then it gives them to permission to be vulnerable with me. And that's why it's so important because the amount of times when I've kind of opened up and say like, like, look, I'm, I'm struggling at the moment. This is what I'm thinking. And I'm a bit embarrassed to admit it, but this happened. And then some, uh, and then one of my guy friends or my brother or someone will say, yeah, it's, it's happened to me as well, Sam. Like, and I'm so glad you said that because now I feel like I can talk to you about it. That's where the power lies, isn't it? It's, it's, it's what's, it's what we've got to encourage more of, I think. Completely. And, that, and that's beautiful. And I, and I, you know, as you're saying that I'm like, I, you know, I, I can take more responsibility, you know, in, in, in that as well. Um, I think you're doing a, a, quite a lot, mate. <laughs> I think you're doing a lot already. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Thank you for seeing that. Yeah. But I, I am, um, you know, more, I can do more with my friends, you know, it's, it's mm. easy to slip back into patterns and that's why I'm sort of, I, I am conscious of my friendship groups because uh, there's still that part of me that, that, you know, for example, yesterday at the, the festival, when you're in that environment, um, it's easy just to not to say I lose myself, but it's easy to, to it, it doesn't feel like there's any vulnerability in that space. Yeah. And so I close off mine mm. when it would be really powerful for me to just still maintain that, that state and to allow others, even if for some it's not comfortable or it's judged. And I still, I don't think I've necessarily still yet to find that, tr that real strength in all environments where I can mm. still totally stay true to that and allow it to be uncomfortable for some if it is, but for it to be really beautiful for the ones who need it. Yeah. Um, instead of just, you know, it's easy just to blend in and have the normal chat and let it pass. Um, and do you, do you think that applies to family as well? Because I, I find that uh, I've got a very big family and we have big family events where there's a good 20 to 30 of us. And it just feels like you just go from one very short, superficial conversation to another. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How's work? Yeah, okay. And then you move on and move on. And uh, this is what I'm trying to 
be a bit more uh, having some boundaries around now is that I, I love just small groups. I love just the one-on-one coffee that I'm about to go to uh, meet my mum for a coffee in about an hour's time. And it's just me and her and, we're, and we will really chat. Um, and it's the same with my other three sisters and my brother and friends. It's like I, I'm finding more and more that I find the big social situation difficult maybe because of that reason and it's like you said you just kind of you go through the motions don't you You get caught up by the event whether it's a, a festival or the picnic or whatever it is and you just you just get caught up in it and, and you don't actually make any genuine co- uh, connections and then you walk away from it and not you don't feel any more kind of re-energized than you did at the start and anything you feel more drained and it's like ah kind of I miss an opportunity there and maybe I just need to um yeah, go about it in a different way somehow. But of course, it's really tricky with family, isn't it? What, what do you think? Oh, every, yes to everything you just said. You know, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm the same. I, you know, I crave genuine connections and, and a basic conversation. Just does mm. nothing for me. It does nothing yeah. for me. No, I don't mean that rudely. But I, once you learn and you experience the power of connection and, and, and sitting with another human who is willing to open up to you, that's what you seek. In, in it, I, that's what I'm looking for. Um, and I appreciate it's not, not going to happen all the time, uh, but it is what I'm looking for. Um, I, I, it brings me to this sort of sad realization that in the society, when we get together as groups, it's not about connection. Um, it's about almost, you know, who can shout the loudest and who can be the most yeah. fun and who can make everyone laugh the most. And it's all a performance. And, uh, you know, that suits the minority who, who are in that place, but it doesn't suit the group as a collective, in my opinion. And I, um, I, I, yeah, I love the moments where I actually just get to, to, to feel someone, to get to, to speak and to understand where they're at and what's going on in their world. And yeah. So if I'm really honest, though, those experiences like yesterday, I love the music, and but the group experiences is not something that I really, uh, uh, and in the same way, families. You know, sit there and actually, if you don't mind me sharing, um, really briefly, I had an experience where I was with an ex-girlfriend in the past with my family. She came down and met them for the first time, and she sort of, sort of closed off a little bit to me. She's like, you know, you're you're quite different around your family, and um, I'm not really seeing that depth that I love about you. Um, And it, you know, took took me a second just to process that, and what what I, where I got to was that. She, you know, she's totally right. First, you know, I was, I was different in that environment. But what I acknowledged is that, you know, I've learned what I, who I am and what I seek. And I've learned to go deeper and to connect more with people. But my, a lot of my family haven't. That's not to make them wrong. And I can still meet them where they're at and that I can still go back and we can have the conversations that allow us to connect at some level but they can't meet me where I'm at in terms of taking that a bit deeper and learning a little bit more about me. So I can either sit there and feel upset and, you know, be in a mood that these people aren't behaving in the way that I would like them to behave to meet me where I'd like to be met, or I can meet them where I have the capability of, of meeting them and to, to create uh, a connection that at least meets the, at that point. Hmm. And that's the best that I can do. And, I have that, again, not to, to pin me on a pedestal and them not, I have that emotional capability to be able to meet them where they're at. They don't have that, that capability to meet me where I'm at. So if I want to have some kind of relationship, family you can't choose, then it's to meet them where they're at. Mm. And that was my experience. Um, 
because we can't change our family and they're not on necessarily on the same journey, same path as us. So at the same time, creating boundaries around that because I don't want to lose myself for too long and too often. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's a role of expectations here, isn't there? Like you, you're you're um, kind of hinting at the fact that you've got expectations of them, but of course they've got the expectations of you and Ben's role in the family. And you know, my role in the family has always been the youngest, quite maybe submissive, just kind of going along with the flow. And you, you know, it's yeah, I'll just fit in with everybody else. That's fine. Always known for being kind of quite quiet and just would just kind of sit there and be quite thoughtful. And so. If I do speak up and I do share opinions and, you know, if I do, <laughs> you know, about five years ago, I switched to a plant-based diet. And of course, anyone that does that, they then want to shout it from the rooftops and, you know, have you seen factory farming and <laughs> that kind of stuff? And of course, as the youngest of five, I'm starting to share that. And my siblings like, just be quiet, Sam, come on. <laughs> And of course, because they've got an expectation of me that I will um, just look up to them and 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 follow their example, which of course I do, because I've got four incredible siblings that I look up to so much, um, and they've taught me so much. But then, of course, you know, we we make our own journey now, aren't we? And, and we're forming our own opinions. And then, if those opinions don't quite fit this ex- expectation that people have of us, they find that difficult. And at the same time. If you're making changes, it can remind people of the fact that they're not, and so that they can struggle with that, and so then um, will then what deflect that onto you, won't they? Like, oh, you know, you're being you're so different now. Like, this isn't who you were two two years ago, um, and it's like, no, definitely not. I'm not the same person I was six months ago, and I'm really proud of that. But I understand why people find it difficult. It's it's kind of a suggestion that you're not being genuine, but of course it's not. It's it's not that. It's it's something else. It's just a it's an evolution. But yeah, yeah, yeah growing. Yeah, I hear you. When, when I when I sort of get met in that place, and sometimes friends would be like, you know, you you've really changed. You're really different. Let's not mm. you know, let's not pretend. And it's like, well, you know, I am. But that part of of me that you know is still there. It's just I've created other mm. parts where I've not created. I've lent into and I've, I've been allowed myself mm. to express other parts too. Um, and yeah, that's threatening to people, isn't it? They're like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand anymore. I don't know. And I'd be like, surely we all want to uncover all aspects of who we are. That's a beautiful thing. Um, but we, yeah, that's, there's a, a fear amongst that uncertainty, isn't there? Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. That and I think uh, a time factor, people that have got very busy jobs and very busy family lives, it takes work, doesn't it? It takes a, it takes reading and it takes meditation. It takes all these things that people are just struggling to get by and keep their head above water. So of course it's really difficult to, to make that space for the work, isn't it? It completely, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I also, you know, the sense of neuroplasticity, the way I see it is that we have two sides of the brain. We have the left side that's very um, rational and logical and that's very good at, um, you, we need that when we're at work and creating all those kind of structures and boundaries and education around our life. But there's also the right side of our brain that's more the emotive and creative. And for me, the right side of the brain connects us more to the depths of who we are. Mm. And neuroplasticity tells us the more that we use neurons, the more the neurons fire and if we're constantly in the left side of our brain, and I'm speaking, perhaps I'm, this this comes from the fact that my dad is a, was a lawyer, he's retired, 
But as a lawyer, all day he's working everything out. He's planning, strategizing. He's in the left side of his brain. And he is so used to operating from the left side of his brain that when it comes to trying to create or to feel without working out and strategizing and planning, which is not very playful, it's not very expressive, it's really hard for him. He's completely unfamiliar with using that part of his brain. And so I do think that there's an element of, you know, a lot of jobs condition us into to living into this very rational way of being that um, uh, just means there isn't necessarily space for us to create and to be self-expressive and to feel um, in that way too. And so I, I, it's that combination, no time to investigate the change and the fact that we're so used to being in that same place. We just yeah. go deeper and deeper into it. Yeah. Uh, and I think what I take away from that is make make space for creativity and make space for fun and just doing things not because of the result, just just doing it for the p- pure joy of it, whether that's learning the guitar, which you are going to start doing, aren't you, Ben? Yes. <laughs> good yes. man, good man. Absolutely, Sam. <laughs> I'll report back in the next week. Love yeah. it, love it. And all the, and all the other things. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. Can I go back to what you said about the superficial um, conversations? Because I'm thinking uh, the online dating world is is an interesting place because I find I just have superficial conversation after superficial conversation and it just gets so dull that then I quit and just think, no, Um, it's really tricky. I don't don't know your current uh, relationship status, but is this something that you experience and and how do you kind of navigate that? Um. It is something I experienced to some degree, and, right. and, I, and I'll be honest. And there was still a part of me that w- was almost happy to, ha- to have that, in the sense that okay. there was so much depth in my life and with my work and so many of my friends that perhaps there was a part of me as I was evolving that still wanted to just just unconsciously just go and play mm-hmm. and not hurt people, but just not get stuck in the depths of, of things at times. And um, so there's part of me that like the dating world gave me that a little bit. And, and it probably wasn't coming from a healthy place, but it did give me that, just a, a, an element of like play. Um, however, that wasn't the foundations for relationships for me. Like if I, if, if I wanted to be in a, in a relationship, then there had to be depth. So I reached a point where I just um, I really made it clear on my, on my dating profile what I was looking for. Um, and that what you know, and and sort of the types of things that I was sharing. That's why I used Hinge as a as a dating app, which I really liked because it got me the opportunity to actually put myself and express who I was yeah. and what I was looking for there. It wasn't just based on on on, on my pictures. And uh, that filtered, and I think that probably filtered out loads of people who looked at that and was like, "All right, like <laughs> chill out, kind of not my." Is this weirdo? <laughs> exactly, exactly that. And that's like, but great, you know, because at that point I was I was looking for something that that that, yeah. that stuff. So I would just be so deliberate about what it is you're looking for, and then yeah, you're you're uh, at least you're setting yourself up to let go of the um, the conversation. People know. They know from the word go. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. How does your what is, what's your profile what's your profile like at the moment? Do you do you make that clear? No, it's very minimum. I put yeah. like people even message and comment on that. Like your profile doesn't give much away, and it's because I find it so 
cringy. I just find it so embarrassing. I just can't. But that is why cringe is uh, cringe. That's why hinge <laughs> is good um, because it has those kind of little prompts, doesn't it? Uh, little questions, and and that I suppose forces you to to share a bit of yourself. But even then, I'll put like couple of you know tell me the best spot for and i'll just put coffee and i just can't, I just can't be bothered to like really expand on it but That's maybe so i do this is for you to lead you know if you yeah. want to create the depths my I, I would say if you don't mind me sharing if you want to create that it's mm. up to you to lead that that's what you're looking for because if yeah. you're starting from that place pe- people will meet you there you know that like as in you're not really sharing anything they'll, they'll think he's a bit of a closed book he's not really like but he looks True. kind of cute, so let's see what he's, what he's up to. But then now, from that place, they'll, they'll, that's where you're meeting. Okay. You've got to guide them into that. This is what you're looking for, and then you'll expect, I, I expect the conversation to change. And, and and like, there's an element of cringe in that for me. In this, but in the sense, that I'll cringe about myself, like talking about that I'm looking for depth and I'm looking for this kind of intimacy and all this stuff. It's like. But I've learned that so often the things that I cringe about is that's where I'm growing. That's, 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 I need to lean into those things because it's just the old part of me that's clinging onto my identity. You know, and actually the truth is, yeah, it's a bit cringe, but it's my truth. So yeah. now I'm like, now all the stuff I used to cringe about, it's just like, oh, you know, Ben's being his cringy self again. <laughs> and cool. Cause it's my truth. If it, as long as it is my truth, as long as yeah. it is my truth, but I would really, yeah. Get get in there, Sam. Okay. Show your show the depths of what you're looking for. Okay, we're going to add uh, like relationship coach to your CV as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I'm really drawn into the the, the coaching. I, a lot of my work is about ultimately is wanting to help people find more depth right. to their relationships because it's okay. um, that's that's one of the beautiful spin-offs that that I think we get when we when we learn to go deeper and learn who we really are. So we have better relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Well, you keep up me updated with your guitar, and Absolutely. I'll keep you updated with my dating life. <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling your dating life will go much better than my guitar playing. But <laughs> as we know, it's not about good or bad, right? We just show up. So I just Absolutely. sit here and do some terrible strings, and that'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Is that is that even the lingo? Do some terrible strings. Uh, maybe terrible strumming you could say something like that terrible, terrible chords I don't know you're fine don't worry don't okay worry. cool I, I don't, I'm not sure I stand much of a chance though because apparently if you're not over six foot like you, you know you don't stand much of a chance and I'm like five foot eleven so you know. that's absolute nonsense oh you reckon okay I could just lie and wear like um, wedges all the time <laughs> Sam, own your five foot eleven. It's a beautiful height, and own your depth, and you'll call in a beautiful girl. Someone very lucky to meet you. I have no doubt about that. I appreciate that. Women are crying out to meet a man like you. You know, but they they want you to lead that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah. I hear that, but I don't see it yet. But um, yeah, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. (laughs) Right. So we've definitely gone on. Yeah, we've gone off on a tangent there for sure. But um, no, it's been great. A beautiful. So. Yeah, let's. If we bring it all the way back round, you know, we talked about how it could be difficult to be a man, what it's like to be a man in twenty twenty three. To kind of wrap up, I don't. What What is the work? You know, what is the work that you do? How How do you support people? How can How can I be a better man? How can the people listening? How can they be a better man? How can they support the men in their life? You know, all these things. What What's it What's it all about? 
Yeah. So, well, I think there's there's two different questions in that. In terms of one, mm-hmm. how do we support, and two, how do we actually how do we be it? Because mm-hmm. I, I know there's a lot of women. I hear from them all the time in terms of how can I, you know, my, my partner really needs this work, or you know, I'd love my my husband to listen to some of this stuff, or mm-hmm. um, but they just they just don't do it. So they're like, how can how can they help men? their partners or whoever it is their husband their dad their brother whatever and um i think that the challenge with that side of things is that you, you, you i heard a beautiful um representation of this in the sense that you you can't make a flower grow into a beautiful flower you can't all you can do is create the environment for it to flourish mm-hmm. right, and give it water and, and to nourish it it's very much that same with with men, you know, anyone, any human being. None of us can force change. None of us can shape someone and make them become it because ultimately the change has to come from within, right? So it's just how can we create the foundations for them to become that? And there's lots of different things in, in that in terms of allowing them to express their emotions and not, you know, teasing them or taking the mick out of them or laughing or like, what's come over you? Why are you being like this? You know, and, and all this stuff, taking away, just being able to hold the ground, just to be able to sit with them and just to hold that and perhaps just to allow them to expand however they need to expand. So I think there is that part of like, if we're talking about a heterosexual relationship, for women to step into the power of their masculine that can just hold space for men to, to express, which is ultimately express their feminine. So being grounded and allowing your, your partner, your brother, your man, whoever the man is in your life to express um, is, a, is a big part of this. But knowing we can't force the change or you can't force the change on them, I think is really, really powerful. We also need loads more male role models, as I say, like men who are celebrated for, for communicating. So I love seeing people like The Rock, let's say, who's this huge mm-hmm. macho man, talk about his challenges and own them, you know, in a, in a beautiful way, not to be like, poor me, I'm struggling with this. Does someone come and save me? It's like, hey, it's what I'm facing. So I'm going through, not always easy, but I'm, 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 I'm working on it and I'm getting better. And um, that's beautiful. Um, so I think all these things that are happening um, in terms of kind of how do we do it ourselves, which I think is, is entirely different because ultimately we all have to be responsible. No one can do the work for us. No one can sit and say, just read that and you'll change. Um, and that is that the hardest part. And I often say the people who most need to do the work are the people who are least likely to do it because they are so uh, disconnected and, and attached to the identity of being that person that the, the, the concept of changing into another is just so unfamiliar to them. It's just mm. so, I just, it's, it's just not... It's like that neuroplasticity that I talked about. They're so in their left brain, they can't even see the right side of the brain. Can't, they just don't even know it's there. So it feels completely inaccessible to them. But um, yeah, we, we have to go through the process of doing it ourselves. And I, for me, a, just a very basic starting place for, for any person, man, to go on this journey. Mm-hmm. is It starts with allowing ourselves to feel what we're, what we're feeling truthfully. And that being vulnerable enough to, 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 to lean into that. So if someone, your partner or your family or someone you're really close to, someone you trust, your best mate, whoever it is, you know, says like, how are you doing? Actually giving them the honor and yourself the honor of stopping and answering it and saying like, you know, I am good. I am good. I'm struggling with this right now. And it feels like there's a bit of a lack of purpose in my life. And I'm just sort of trying to work out what that, where that lives or whatever it is. I'm making this stuff up or like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty shitty at the moment. It's, I'm struggling in my relationship. I don't like my job. It doesn't feel great. And I'm like, 
It's, I'm in a bit of pain. It's, it doesn't feel great right now. Whatever it is, but just acknowledging. If we don't acknowledge that, we're never going to heal it. So just starting in those and bringing that a bit of realness, bringing a sense of like the connection that that can bring and, and sharing truth and expressing truth, seeing someone more deeply is a great starting place for us to kind of um, allowing ourselves to springboard, to allowing ourselves to evolve. Mm. Um, and then I know from, sorry, this has been a long answer, but I know that no, no. it's very difficult to, to do the work without being guided in, um, whether it's working with a coach, you know, my journey started working with a coach or going on a retreat or um, whatever it is that your sort of feels like is, is your calling in that sense, but investing, investing mm-hmm. in you. Uh, it takes guidance. It's hard to see your own limitations. It's hard to, to guide yourself out of them. Um, but yeah, investing in yourself is life-changing. It will change your life forever. Yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful. Appreciate that answer. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Feels like a good place to, to leave it there, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or nice whatever. Way. I know that I know you mentioned about like, um, I was kind of intrigued as to what I would come up with about, you know, speaking about ah, these um, personalities, personalities. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we have time or space or if you're done with that, that's great. But I'm open to anything further if you want it. I mean, I, I did kind of like edit it out because um, I just, well, I just kind of, there's a couple of more things that I, that I could ask you, but I am conscious of time. Um, but by all means, if there's anything you, you if you want to, to speak to. Um, so you're referring to the fact that I, m- I mentioned that I might talk to you about Jordan Peterson, and Andrew Tate, you know, the rise of these um, characters, because I think they are characters online, um, uh, and what that means and, and, and why there's been this appeal of them recently um feel free feel free i feel like it's i think we can we can keep this fairly short but i feel like it's yeah. sort of a pertinent part of the the conversation i think it fits yeah. if, um if we have time and i just um i don't if i'm honest with you i really don't know much about andrew tate um mm. i really don't i know he's got a lot of airtime. i know that the suggestion is he's done a lot of bad things and said a lot of bad things and i you know and i, and I, I really keep myself in a bubble and i and i just don't tend to know if I'm not really interested in someone uh, that that kind of is that however I really acknowledge the 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 problem with it you know I'm perhaps privileged in keeping my bubble and the problem that is is rising in terms of his appeal and the the, the energy that he's getting and the people are buying into him you know kids are buying into him and I I I think that is symptomatic of the pain that perhaps boys are growing up I I I don't know much about this but there seems to be a, a a problem now in this movement that boys are growing up feeling like their masculinity is wrong and bad. Mm. And someone yeah. comes along and speaks to them and saying, you know, own this shit. Like, this is who you are. You're powerful. Like, and, and all this and gives them all these sort of little indications. And they're like, yeah, that feels right to me. I'm like, I'm into this. So I think the damage is being caused almost underneath it. Would If, if men were being, shown healthy role models and they were able to explore the truth of their healthy masculinity then perhaps we wouldn't be giving rise to so we're almost a product of our own the, 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 what's going on in this world at the moment it's there's going to be that uprising so i think we need to look at always the underneath like underneath what's going on why are boys gravitating towards these messages yeah um jordan peterson i see quite differently because i i, I again I, I see some of his stuff and i actually think he's some of the stuff is is really amazing i don't know where his boundaries yeah yeah i've read both of his books and there's there's a lot in there that makes sense and you know perhaps 
four or five years ago, he was talking a lot of sense. It just feels like now he's kind of gone off on, on just commenting on things that, you know, you, you stay in your lane, basically. <laughs> like, why are you talking about climate change? Why are you talking about trans rights? So, you know, all these different things, which I, I, of course, everyone has got a right to their opinion, but a lot of people are looking to him as the the person that's got all the answers. And then, you know, if you, you're talking about climate change and how you've interpreted the data and it's like, well, actually, I'm going to probably listen to the climate scientist, actually. But excuse me, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, I, I hear you on that. I totally hear you on that. And I'm, I'm also always wary when everyone, when anyone is, is incredibly factual in the way that they offer their opinions. I'm always, a, a, anyone who's, for me, is, is truly and I'm caught up. There's not any question of Jordan Peterson, whether he's truly living like himself and he knows himself, because I'm sure he, he's, he's in a great space to understand all that. But I, yeah. for me, someone who's truly aware and conscious of, of the truth of who they are is, is aware that so many of these things are our opinions. And mm. God, we might be incredibly sh- strong in our knowledge and our understanding, but that's not to diminish diminish the fact that other people have opposing opinions from the learning that they've got and i'm just when it's it's never black and white for me nothing is ever black and white um there's always learnings and people are gonna see things in different ways so i'm just conscious of people who are black and white in their thinking and telling us how it is when really it's an opinion yeah and how there's just such like polarized views isn't there it's it's you're either in this camp or you're either in that camp i think (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I almost said something a bit controversial. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it, actually. Do it, because do it, it, not, I, I, I love <laughs> to hear it. And also, I'm learning, I want to be, I'm not con, not intentionally controversial, yeah. but I yeah. want to express with an opinion, with Have an understanding, to, that it could yeah. be controversial, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. You're not saying it's right, but it's, it lives inside of you. Yeah, so it's not my controversial opinion. I don't, well, I suppose I do have an opinion, but I, maybe I'm not ready to share it now, but... That, you know, something that is controversial where it's either one side or the other. For example, um, trans women competing in, 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 uh, women's sport. Um, if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's like you're either for that or against that. And you're, there's not a, there's not somewhere in the between where you're kind of like, can we talk about this? Can we really understand like the implications of this? And yes, of course. Um, f- for example, you might be opposed to, trans women competing in women's sport, but you might be completely supportive of the trans movement and anyone's right to live um, in line with with the gender that I identif- uh, that they identify with. Um, do you see what I mean? So it's it's not like so black and white, is it? There yeah. there's this middle ground that that we need to explore completely. Completely. Yeah. And with <laughs> there's always that to explore. Yeah. And that's why I like to always do things from, from a place of compassion and, and, and awareness that, of course, naturally, people are going to see things differently from things mm. that they've read and from the life that they've lived that have led them to see the world in, in the way that they do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's natural. I, I, I just get caught up when people base opinions on facts. And it's like, right. we're all going to see things differently in some capacity. Of course, some things are facts at the same time. Yes. Not to deny anything is not a fact, but there is a lot more gray in this world than, than the black and white. I think that we're seeing and social media does that people showing up going, this is how it is. And it's, yeah. like, mm, it's the way you see it. Yeah. Yeah. And this all ties into identity. I think you mentioned the appeal of Andrew Tate and the young boys. And I think it's about identity, isn't it? Like if you give someone a community that appeals to a certain side of them that they can get involved with and be supported by and, and all those things, this is why people, um, 
this is why they're drawn to so many extremist different views, aren't they? Far right, whatever it is, it's because it offers community and because it offers identity. And if you've lost or if you've lost that identity or you haven't been given those role models growing up, then it, it could be anything. It could be Andrew Tate, but it could just as easily be someone else. And the other thing about Andrew Tate and people that, you know, follow him and, and maybe are sharing his his views or whatever. And then you see people say, well, you're such an idiot, like you're, you're toxic and, and all this stuff. And it's like, let's not be so quick to call people an idiot and like, you're, you must be stupid to believe this. No, no, no. Like we are all products of our environment and, and how we were raised and the presence or the lack of presence of people in our lives. And so let's just not be so quick and let's understand and let's have some dialogue between people instead of just jumping down people's throats straight away. Completely. I'm with you 100%. So have we ticked off that box now? <laughs> well, I think it actually came to a really beautiful conclusion with what you said there. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think that sounds perfect. Nice one. Uh, I'm going to throw three quick fire questions at you then. Um, yeah. So feel free to, you know, short answers are absolutely fine for this. Um, what's one lesson that you wish you'd have been taught when you were younger? Um, well, the cliche answer that comes to me is just, you know, just to be yourself and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But I had no, I had no capability of understanding who I really was at that age. So I, I think I, I would just, what you just said feels more like I could have taken that on board, understanding that everyone has their own journey, not mm-hmm. to judge anyone, to celebrate everyone for, for, for where they're at and, and what they're doing and to allow them to express. Mm-hmm. I think that might have, actually sunk in a little bit more if I'd really had someone to lead me and guide me in in that way as a, as a child and I, that would if we can all live in that space I think we live in a much nicer world so I'd have loved to receive that yeah and that message clearly as a child and what's one habit I could add to my day that could help me feel great uh I'd say I'd say dance okay really I, I really would I think we are especially in this constructed world that we live in we need to just do not good dancing terrible dancing just whatever like any way our body wants to move and just allowing ourselves to listen to music and express what that does to our body guided by the body not guided by the mind and how we should be doing it just letting the body move us to the to the music and so it's in this world really important something i need to do more as well speaking to myself ultimately is what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> and if you could give everyone in the world one book which book would you give them oh god that's challenging i don't, god, I don't know if i could be able to answer that it, it is, uh, uh my favorite i'm gonna say my favorite author is brene brown and her her learnings i don't know if i can differentiate between any of her books so any of the brene brown books um yeah. i just I love the way that she expresses things. I love the learnings that she shares. I love the humanness that she teaches us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Right. We'll leave it there, Ben. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed the, the, the conversation. Um, and yeah, just, just appreciate you, man, and appreciate you um, coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. I've, I've really loved it. So I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you. So I hope you found my conversation with Ben insightful. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
If you did enjoy the episode, please share it with friends, family and colleagues who you think would find it helpful or interesting. You can also support the podcast by following and rating the show on whichever app you're listening on. Thank you again, and I look forward to bringing you another episode soon.